0: Welcome to episode 16 of All Out Brawl.
1: Hi. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. And this is a podcast where we talk about the Brawl format, um, which, as our listeners already know, we're weirdos, we like it. Um, But if you're new to any of this, uh, Brawl is a new format for Magic the Gathering that uses the standard cards, essentially the last O... year or so of uh cards that they've printed and even more well right now more but we're getting close to rotation um but so use about a year's worth of cards um and you build a sixty card deck that has only one of each type of card um and you have one card that is a legendary creature or planeswalker that is your uh brawler is what we call it here. It's like a commander in EDH which is another format. Um but essentially, you can just—it's like that card is always in your hand um, until you play it, and then you know if it leaves the battlefield, then you can put it back into the command zone, which is where you can play it from again. And the cool thing about this format is, is opposed to commander,
0: you can use planeswalkers as your deck's leader, so it opens up a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and it also. Kind of <clears throat> ties into the topic of this week's episode, which is a continuation sort of of last week's because mm-hmm. we got some really good feedback about the um, sorry, Vivian Planeswalker pre con deck. I said that in air quotes, yeah. Uh, because we kind of try to build a beginner brawl deck around these pre con products that are already released by wizards,
1: yeah. Because so. Um, like we were talking about, like Commander has precon products that are made every year for it. Um, Brawl is a newer format, so it doesn't really have any like dedicated products. But there are the Planeswalker deck decks that they make for each set, which all come with a legendary Planeswalker that is actually specifically made for that deck. Um, but you can use it like a brawler of any other legendary creature or planeswalker so it's kind of an easy transition because we already have a 60 card deck we just got to kick a couple of duplicate cards out a couple cards that maybe aren't even really good enough to play and then throw in some other commons uncommons and maybe a couple rares um to kind of give it a little spice for brawl
0: and if anybody is unfamiliar with the brawl commander jargon precon is pre-constructed so the deck comes pre-built with Normally all the parts you need, but these decks aren't brawl decks out of the box. So this is what we're going to be talking about is um, kind of tweaking them to become a hopefully semi-competitive in a multiplayer situation brawl deck.
1: Yeah, and the one nice thing that we do have going for us here is that when it comes to multiplayer games, there obviously are you know, decks that are better than other decks. But when you're playing multiplayer, there are other factors that play into it. Politics, uh, the, just the table, the meta, all sorts of stuff. So hopefully, and like, I think we had some people tell us last week that, you know, they were looking at upgrading that Vivian Reed deck or Vivian of the Bar deck, kind of how we were doing it. Um, And I think that deck has a lot of potential today. We'll see. (laughs) And yeah, I think one, I don't know if we mentioned it last episode,
0: or if we were just talking with friends about it over the past week. But the thing about um these maybe mid tier I say that hopefully decks. Um people say the worst deck always comes in second, so sometimes these decks can even sneak in those like victories.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. Um but uh I know I I think I I mean, from personal experience, I've played a lot of what might be substandard decks um, but I feel like if you build them correctly you can really make something like even if it doesn't necessarily explode in the way that say a competitive tier one CEDh deck does um, you can still make some pretty cool plays and end up you know taking a game or two um, even if you even if you aren't spending a lot of money on the deck so and that's the nice thing about formats like these is uh, your
0: buy-in might be a little bit less, but you're going to have just as much fun and just as much, uh,
1: hopefully, power, I would say. Yeah. Um, So along those lines, last week, just to recap, like we've said, we uh, upgraded the Vivian of the Arcbow deck, and that's the Mono Green Planeswalker deck from M19. This week, we've decided to move to another M19 deck, so we're still doing Mono Color, um, and this time we're looking at Mono Red sarkhan dragon soul um yeah so normally when people think sarkhan they think
0: something to do with dragons and this planeswalker does technically have something to do with dragons (laughs) yeah he's not as dragon focused as the um sarkhan that was released in m19 uh like the product this is the planeswalker deck one but he has a he's a six mana Sarkon planeswalker Sarkon dragon soul his plus two deals oh. one damn sorry what starting loyalty oh his starting loyalty is five so it's a five mana um
1: no okay five... let's let's just start over <laughs> it's a... sorry
0: you interrupting confused me
1: yeah sure so it's Sarkon dragon soul it's four and two red for a five loyalty Sarkon planeswalker take yes. it away chris
0: uh it has a plus two uh loyalty ability where it deals one damage to each opponent and each creature your opponents control so right there that seems like a pretty good deal for a repeatable sort of uh activatable ability and then it has a minus three um it deals four damage to target player or planeswalker so we're not hitting creatures with that one which is kind of a bummer but it's still decent, especially in a format where you might see a lot of Planeswalkers. Uh, and then it's minus nine is the dragon-related uh, one. Search your library for any number of dragon creature cards. Put them onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. So how many
1: dragons are there in s- like non-rotating standard, Sam? Uh, well, so if we're talking non-rotating standard, it's important to distinguish... Um, there are eight mono red dragons in standard. That So essentially counting from Ixalon onwards, there are eight dragons, which makes a lot of sense because Ixalon didn't have any dragons um, and Dominaria had a couple and M19 had a couple. So uh, unfortunately, if we're looking at what is right now current day standard, we would have an additional at least four dragons because I believe uh, Kaladesh... Ether Revolt, Amonkhet, and Hour of Devastation all have dragons of their own, um, mm-hmm. but unfortunately we don't have those in a month or so. So we're looking at just what's not going to rotate, um, which means we have eight dragons. So that does kind of put a damper on that last ability, because even... like. I guess the nice thing is we're playing a sixty-card deck, so we don't need as many dragons because we can't fit that many in anyway. But it's just it feels it feels a little bad because unfortunately it, we just don't have a lot. So the nice thing is if you do get to that payoff of
0: the ultimate, which takes three turns to do technically, because start at five plus two plus two, then minus nine, mm-hmm. um, you will have up to eight dragons to tutor for and put onto the battlefield, like. Yeah. At least you, you want to run as many good dragons as you can in this deck because normally their dragons are well-costed red cards that have evasion. So right off the bat, you're probably going to want to be running them, those types of cards, in your mono red deck anyways. And then this Brawler has that added benefit of if you get him to ultimate, you're going to suddenly have a really big advantage.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I guess the other thing too is uh, when we look at I know other people will say this too, but when you look at a Planeswalker, you really shouldn't look at the Loyal or the ultimate to kind of judge it. Um, and that's honestly the fact that it does a plus two that goblin chain whirlers, you know, just, just does a goblin chain whirler. And then also has a minus three that deals four damage to a Planeswalker or player, um, makes it, I think pretty powerful, um, you know, relative to the fact that it's a six mana five loyalty Planeswalker. So,
0: yeah, I think both of its abilities are pretty strong.
1: And then that last one's just really, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice to have. It's something where it's like, you know, if your opponents look at your Planeswalker deck, Planeswalker deck, sorry, Planeswalker deck brawl deck, and they say, "Oh, we don't need to worry about that person. You might get to sneak in there and then dump three or four or five or even six or seven or eight dragons onto the battlefield on turn seven or eight. So it could be really good. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty decent. It's,
0: it's kind of like a dragon sub theme. You're probably, it's, like I was saying, it's good to just run dragons in your mono-red deck. So you're kind of getting this added bonus of doing something you already might be doing.
1: Yeah. So along those lines, let's talk about some of the cards that came with the deck um, and then some of the cards we're looking at adding to the deck. So first of all, the first one of the rares that comes in the deck is Demanding Dragon, which is a rare from the set. It's a 5-mana,
0: 3-2-red dragon creature. With flying, when it enters the battlefield, it deals five damage to target opponent unless that player sacrifices a creature, and it's a 5-5. Five, five. So a 5-5 five, five flyer for five, already great, Um, I guess, yeah. curve. So you're adding that other ability onto it that just is makes this card even better. So this is probably one of the best cards in the deck.
1: Yeah, um, I would say one of the, like that comes with it. Um, the other dragons that we see coming with the deck are going to be Volcanic Dragon, which is a 6-drop, 4-2 and two red for a 4-4 four, four Flying Haste Dragon. So it's not terrible. Um, and Tongue Dragon, which is the 5-drop 3-3 three, three flyer that says when it enters the battlefield, you may pay 2 and a red. When you do, it deals 3 damage to any target. So, you know, a card that gets better if you have more mana. Um... But then we also have a couple weird ones. Shiv and Dragon comes with the deck, um, which, you know, wasn't in the regular M19 set, but is, you know, the special Planeswalker deck card. And also for uh, the Welcome Day decks um, or Open House, sorry, Open House decks. Um, but it is also a six drop five five flyer with fire breathing. So I have a question just an aside. Is Shivin
0: the first dragon that had, or creature that had fire breathing, or did it start before Shivan?
1: I mean, I would assume so. I think the first Shivan dragon was in, I don't know if it, well, let's, before I stick my foot in my mouth here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was in the alpha, so. Wow. This is a yes.
0: really, really highly reprinted card. <laughs> yes. And it's. If there is some power creep to it. It's probably not as, um, for a rare, it's probably not as well-costed as people think it should be,
1: but I mean, it's, it's still, still a decent yeah. card. Yeah, it's decent. Um, there is one card in here that is a card that comes with the Planeswalker deck and is specific for the Planeswalker deck. It's Sarkhan's Whelp, which is a 3-mana 2-2 two, two Flying Dragon. That says, whenever you activate an ability of a Sarkon Planeswalker, Sarkon's Whelp deals one damage to any target. So, you know, you get a little ping in whenever you use Sarkon's ability, which this Sarkon could be really important. It could mean that you end up dealing five damage to a player or Planeswalker, or that you're dealing two damage to a creature. You know, if, if someone has, you know, a, an annoying... 2-2 two, two, like this one um then when you do his goblin chain ruler effect you can ping another creature again so
0: also i was saying earlier when
1: i saw this card the art on this card is just so
0: cute too like <laughs> this is a great flavor card for printing in this deck specifically
1: yes and i mean obviously it's they they do this they make uh creatures and artifacts or whatever that are related to the planeswalker of the deck but this one works and it's also adorable and it's good probably for the deck i mean um it, it doesn't hurt to have a three mana dragon
0: and if you were to kind of like go over budget and put in the other Sarkon or maybe use the other Sarkon as your leader this card would go really well in a deck
1: with two sarkhan Planeswalkers. oh of course yeah and You know, uh, I doubt we'll see him again in Standard anytime soon, but... Oh, yeah, but... But yeah, so um, along with this idea, um, so we have some additions to the deck that we thought uh, would make for a good dragon build. So some of those cards, let's start with one of the, I think, most obvious ones from M19 um, is Lathless, Dragon Queen. Uh, she's the 6-drop legendary creature that is a dragon that's a 6-6 flyer and says, whenever another non-token dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a 5-5 five, five red dragon creature token with flying. And then she pumps all of your dragons. She gives them all plus 1 plus 0 until um, of turn for 2 mana. So kind of fire breathing for everyone. Um, I think this is, honestly, even in a deck that, like we were saying, we only have 8 dragons and she is one of them, I still think she's worth running. Because she's a six six flyer, mm-hmm. at at the worst
0: that can pump herself exactly. So so she's already better rated than Shivan Dragon.
1: Yeah, and also I mean, based on the way that you know if if she's in your deck and you have a couple other dragons too, if you ultimate Sarkon and put her into play along with a couple other dragons, you'll make those five five tokens. So, like benefits. Um. So let's see. Uh, a, a same line as that. We also had dragon egg, which is the, you know, three mana, zero two dragon egg. Um, but when it dies, it creates a two, two red dragon creature token with flying and fire breathing. Um, the
0: important thing is this, even though it's not like a living dragon, it has the dragon creature type. So,
1: yes. So it'll trigger laughless and we can also tutor for it with Sarkon, which both of those things are actually pretty good. Um, and then, uh, also with that, we have the Dragon's Horde, which is an artifact from M19 that is a 3-mana artifact. We we talked about it a little bit when M19 came out, but it says, when, it, when a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, put a gold counter on Dragon's Horde, and then you can tap and remove a gold counter from Dragon's Horde to draw a card, or you can tap and add one mana of any color. So it's not really fixing, because you don't need
0: it in a mono-colored deck, but it is... I think good to have a little bit of ramp in this deck because we're red doesn't get that much. And we want to like cast our um, good dragons ahead of curve. So, and it also later, once you've cast those dragon, lets you draw more cards, which is another thing red generally lacks. So this is just a really easy ad, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think honestly, the, like you we were saying, even with those eight dragons, the likelihood that you'll hit one of them in your 60 card deck along with dragon sword is not, Insignificant. So um, there is some upside for card draw here as well, which, you know, we're in red. Like you said, we don't have a lot of it. So, um, but along those lines also, let's see. We also have Spitflame, which is the rare from M19. That is a three, three mana instant that says it deals four damage to target creature. And then it also says, whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay red. If you do, return Spitflame from your graveyard to your hand. So, you know, again three mana instant that you know does three damage to a creature or four four damage sorry i'm very tired um when it deals four damage to a creature it's pretty good like that's a bombard so um and then the ability to get it back if like every now and again pretty good Mm -hmm.
0: that's the repetition is what makes this card
1: a really good addition to this deck yeah um past that i mean so there's some other stuff in this deck too um it came with another card Cargan dragon rider which is a 2 mana 2/2 just a bear but it's a human warrior that says as long as you control a dragon it has flying so you know another creature that just has upside if you have dragons mhm and
0: i i mean there's probably better cards to play but it's not bad and if you want to keep this deck with minimal changes it's definitely something that probably it's going to get that evasion late game and you're going to get in some points for damage so
1: yeah um and also it's a good early gameplay especially because so i guess this is kind of the rub of this deck is we're playing mono red and one of the things about mono red we already touched on a little bit it doesn't have really great access to ramp and it also doesn't have really great access to card draw so we got to make do and sometimes really i mean Part of part of the combination of this idea of standard and EDH is hopefully we can use, like hopefully a deck like this can have a little bit more potential in Brawl than it does in standard or sorry, in EDH for the idea that it, uh, it can go fast. So if you can have a fast start to the game, you can probably knock one or two people out and then just take over from there. So, mm-hmm. especially with your burn incrementing damage, it's... Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's definitely going to be the dragon strategy. That's always kind of been the dragon strategy, but especially with a mono red deck, that's going to be the dragon strategy is you're going to, you know, create, you know, build up some blockers or whatever for the beginning. And then as you get to those higher mana costs, just start piling dragons onto the field and then just hitting people. So So, another thing... So that kind of ends our dragon
0: discussion, right? Like the dragon yeah. part of this Yeah, deck. I mean,
1: so that's the thing. So that's kind of the idea here. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot more to add. I guess the other card you would probably really want to add right now, if you're making a rotation-proof dragon's deck, is you'd want to add the other Sarkon, which is a little expensive. But it is really, honestly, the only other card really right now... Sidebar, we will come back to Varric's Blade Wing. We promise we just had a bit of a brain fart that you would want. Um unless you're willing to go back to Amonket, grab Glorybringer, um, grab Freejam Regent from uh Ether uh Sky Ship Plunderer from uh Kaladesh, you know, there there are other options, but once we hit October, those will all go out. So the nice thing is that in Ravnica We've seen dragons in Ramnica before, and not just Ejet dragons, not just Nimbuset, but we've also seen other mono-red dragons. So there is some... I think there is a pretty strong likelihood that we will get some more mono-red dragons coming the fall, um, but for right now, you know, we're just in kind of a weird place, mostly because, like I said, Ixalan didn't have any dragons, and normally each set has at least one or two, just to kind of throw to the dragon crowd, so...
0: Yeah, I think that was already running Ramper with dinosaurs, so yeah dragons exactly. probably weren't gonna be showing up there
1: yeah but so um the with that in mind we kind of looked at what this deck had and looked at trying to draw out some of its other themes kind of like how with vivian we had some options we said you know you yeah. can you know go more ramp you can go more whatever you want to do with it in this case we found another option besides dragons chris do you want to talk about that
0: yeah so one of the two cards that i noticed or that was sorry that we noticed active treason and thud kind of got our like cogs turning like oh this is kind of that steal your opponent's creatures and sacrifice them sort of idea right so yeah. there's actually a lot of good effects that do that in standard right now especially uh non-rotating standard so we have cards like captivating crew and makeshift munitions and there's a new card in m19 called uh was it oracle dweller it's dark dweller oracle thank you and so the idea is you have these cards normally called hijack or active trees and abilities that steal your opponent's creatures you get the benefit of being able to attack with them and then before the end step where you'd have to return it you can sacrifice it to one of these other abilities you have in your deck and essentially remove the creature. So I think that's a great kind of another sub-theme. You could kind of get a two-card combo going, where every turn, if you have a captivating crew and makes your munitions on the field, you pay four to steal a creature, attack with it, and then after combat, pay one to sacrifice it and deal one to something. Like, suddenly, this two-card pretty cheap combo turns into... Something everybody at the table's kind of eyeing us like that's a problem,
1: yeah, which yeah, I mean it's it's good, um obviously again, a little man intensive, but uh we have some redundancy Keldon overseer from Dominaria is another threat and effect that essentially you know once we hit later game, you can drop that for seven mana or however much it costs, and you can just steal something for someone else, swing with it maybe not even need to sacrifice it at that point in the game. Who knows? Um, yeah, because
0: yeah. it might be blocked, or yeah, like somebody might remove it if it's attacking them and they can't deal with it. Because or... the nice thing about threat effects is you're normally stealing the best creature on the battlefield anyways, yeah. so it's normally going to be attacking well,
1: um, and people aren't going to have the stuff they need to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, but kind of on top of that, we also, in the same way that with green, we kind of threw in some of the standard green cards that you'd want to see, um, you know, Llanowar Elves effects. Um, we threw in some more red effects that we think are, you know, they're they're fairly cheap. And also, they're cards that you just would run in a red deck. So things like Banefire, the X spell that if X is greater, than, essentially a fireball that says if X is greater than five, it can't be countered. Um, or fiery invention which is the 5 mana deals 5 damage to a creature or destroys an artifact. Let me make yep. sure. Yeah. Um and so like essentially burn spells like <laughs> cuz that's what red's good at and it's good for creature removal. It's good for um kind of in that same vein of like if you can get a great like start to the game and like get some preliminary damage in, if you you can just murder someone outright with a burn spell near the end of the game. So um but yeah along those lines jaya is immolating inferno we only have Sarkon and laughless as our legendary creatures but again Sarkon is a five mana or sorry a six mana you're confusing me now a six mana five loyalty <laughs> planeswalker um so the likelihood that he'll die very fast is not that high really um mostly just because i feel like especially when it comes to uh You know, both Brawl and Commander, if you have a Planeswalker as your commander, I feel like people are a little hesitant to kill it unless they are, unless it presents an immediate threat to them. And I don't think the Sarkhan really does, except for maybe against like a Tokens player. But um, so I think your Sarkhan will live pretty well. So I think Jaya's is a great addition here because, you know, it's that X red red spell that deals X to three things, which is just bonkers. It's very good.
0: And so another thing red is generally lacking, we talk about it a lot, is card advantage. So this is a really good spell or card from... uh, Was it Ixalan or Rivals? Uh, It's Sunburn's Invocation. It's Ixalan. Okay. It is essentially... uh, It's sort of like Cascade for mana cost. But you're... So you're converted mana cost. You're going X cards deep into your deck and casting a spell with equal or lesser converted mana cost compared to the spell you cast. So you're casting big creatures or big burn spells kind of towards the late game. And then Sunbirds lets you start also casting something else and you're getting incremental card advantage
1: that's going to help you late game. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's also fairly cheap. There's also Mm -hmm. one other one we have here, which is uh, the Flame of Keld, which is a saga from Dominaria, um, which you'll remember those are the enchantments that have the chapter counters and then do certain things each turn and then they get sacrificed. Oh, sorry, lore counters. My bad. But, uh, it's a two mana saga that the first chapter, unfortunately is discard your hand, which I think is where a lot of people get turned off (laughs) on this card. Um, but the second one is draw two cards. And then the third one is if a red source, you control would deal damage to a permanent or player this turn. It deals that much damage plus two to that permanent or player instead which is amazing, actually. And yeah, I think the worry for
0: people comes with this card being a two-mana card, but you're never going to be casting it on turn two. You're probably casting it on turn like um, six or seven after you've cast Sarkhan, yeah. and you kind of need to refill your hand. So the turn after you play it, you're drawing three cards that turn, and then the turn after that, you get that
1: out of benefit. If, if you still have Sarkhan, you plus him, and he deals three damage to each creature. And each opponent. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, all of your dragons deal an extra two damage. All of your hide or all of your like thuds, makeshift munitions, they all deal an extra two damage. It's not insignificant, and it could be something that wins you the game. It it is like we've talked about before with sagas. It's kind of a toss up because like people will see it coming, um, but at the same time, if you build up your board. I feel like there's a way that you can deal where you can build up your board and like defend yourself and be able to just kind of smash everyone on this final turn. So,
0: Yeah, and I think this deck is going to be good at kind of clogging up its own board. So it probably is
1: going to have a great benefit in this deck. Yeah. Um, so uh, other cards that are in the deck that we kept... Um, so one of the cards we did take out completely was Onaki Ogre um it's just a 3 mana 4/2 which is not bad necessarily but isn't necessarily great like as it is especially with when when you're looking at like a singleton format um it really is best if your cards can do multiple things um and especially when it comes to creatures especially nowadays there're just so many creatures that do so many things uh there are other 3 mana creatures like Keldon Overseer that have an upside that I would much rather have than just having a 4-2 body on the field, um, especially yeah, for something and, like multiplayer. So, And you probably want your creatures to have, like
0: even if their power toughness doesn't seem costed well for their mana cost, you at least want them to have evasion or something, mm-hmm. So,
1: which most of the cards we kept do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, along that we have... Goblin Motivator, which is the 1-drop one 1-1 one, one that gives another creature haste by tapping. So, like, that's very good for your dragons. Um, if you know... Because you, only a couple of these dragons have haste naturally. So, uh, I I think that it's a good creature to have. Um, hostile Minotaurs, 4-drop 3-3 three, three with haste. Again, if we're going early game, we want to go fast. And this will deal probably 3 damage to at least one person because... Even with Brawl, like, like even with, you know, being a standard format 60 cards, there might be someone who doesn't have any creatures by turn three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll probably get some damage in there. Uh, and then, let's see, Meteor Golem, of course, is in this deck. It's a seven drop, which is a little high, but it is a 3-3 three, three that says, when it enters the battlefield, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls, which were in red. We have Burn, so we can obviously deal with creatures and Planeswalkers, but we can't really do much about enchantments or artifacts. Well, just kidding. Like, we had a fiery <laughs> invocation. Yeah, there's plenty of
0: stuff we could run for artifact like specific hate, but it's probably not worth it.
1: I mean, it depends on your meta obviously. Yeah. Like so we we threw in fiery intervention, which of course is a you know, it's a it's a modal spell. So you if you have artifacts that you want to hit, you can do that. But yeah, so we have the modal spell. There are other cards that destroy artifacts as well, but that's obviously going to be something that's dependent on your meta because you don't want to sit with a handful of cards that say destroy target artifacts when there are no artifacts to hit. So, um, but uh, Meteor Golem is great because it allows you to destroy enchantments. Pretty much, because Mono Red can't do a thing about that, unfortunately, um, which is why it's nice to have that artifact.
0: Yeah, and you can probably expect maybe a pacifism or a Banishing Light type effect on your good dragons, so it'll be great to have that Meteor Golem for yeah. when you need to get them back.
1: Yeah. Um, but so, let's see, what else is in here?
0: We have Oh, other good yeah. um, burn, like Fiery Finish, um thud is okay it's one of those uh sacrifice Mm -hmm. outlets uh yeah i think well we have have one anthem sort of effect trumpet blast
1: yeah so that's that's one of the ones um which again if you're on that flame of keld third turn and you can trumpet blast to pump all of your things and do four extra damages gross um but yeah we have electrify lightning strike shock all three of those came with the deck um just burn spells you know hitting killing things that are problems to you obviously one of the things with the red deck that you have to be careful with um and i don't know if we've talked about it too much but when it comes to multiplayer um you obviously don't want to use your removal unless it's absolutely necessary because kind of like along those lines of red can't deal with enchantments um one of the benefits of being at a four-player table is that there are two other players that are also looking at that enchantment and going Ooh, I don't know if I want that there. Like, and obviously, if it's targeting something of yours, the other two players aren't going to care as much. But if it's something that is just a like a good saga, or you know, something that is going to help someone else have a blowout turn, then you have two other people to help deal with it as well. So, um, that's a nice thing. Is like, unfortunately, it doesn't really help for one v one type of situations, but it's a multiplayer game, so. I don't think you'd want to
0: play this deck in a 1v1 situation anyways. Like, you can.
1: Eh, I mean, maybe. It could go pretty fast, I imagine. Um, Especially with the burn. Like, you could just essentially shock him to death.
0: Yeah, it could be a burn deck with maybe a good top end. And also that. I really, I feel like this is a really good thing Red can do if it ever comes together. Is that Steel Sack plan? Yes. It's really hard to face down.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's one other card in here uh, to mention, which is the Sarkhan's Dragonfire, uh, which is kind of similar to the green card we talked about last week, the wolf that would, uh, once it came into play, you got to look at the top four or five cards of your library and put a green card um, from them into into your hand. This is the same effect here, but it's a five mana red sorcery that deals three damage to any target Um, And then you look at the top five cards of your library and you may reveal a red card from among them and put it into your hand Um, and you put the rest on the bottom order or bottom in a random order. But uh, so this one, unfortunately, this burn effect is pretty weak. Three damage is not a lot for five mana, but it does draw you a card. And it's not like random card draw. It's like slightly better card selection because you get to pick from the top five. And that's pretty good. So um, we left it in the deck. I think if you're if you're looking for an easy cut, that might be a good one because um, there are better burn spells. And there are, in some ways, better card draw, something like maybe uh, uh, Tormenting Voice or something like that. But I think, at least for the idea of trying to keep it cheap, trying to keep our upgrades low i mean tormenting voice isn't worth anything so that's pretty easy to replace it with but you might find that it pulls you out of a sticky situation so
0: and it is any target right
1: yeah it is any target so
0: it's it does have that added benefit it's not a restricted burn spell at least
1: but it's not very well costed yeah um but yeah so that's that's everything in the deck there um let's talk about so there's one other thing here there's some other cards that i threw into a list um that you could think about using if you wanted to add to this deck. Um so obviously there's some goblin stuff in standard right now. We have and commander, um and that's the only one that I checked to make sure that it's cheaper, but there are a couple other goblin legends as well as, you know, things like Squee. So if you wanted to do a sacrifice type of thing there, um you always have those options. Uh there's Tilan Tillinali Summoner, which is the Rivals of Ixalan rare that uh creates elementals when it attacks and you can also when you have the city's blessing those elementals don't get exiled at the end of combat otherwise they do Um, but that's always a good sink for mana if you're going with an aggro plan say you're on looking at your third turn of fires of keld or flame of keld that's three damage per elemental and it's pretty good
0: um then there's another dragon that's a little bit more expensive and i don't think we mentioned it but it is in the main deck and it's
1: varic's Oh, shoot, we yeah. totally skipped that one. Yeah, no, Varic's Blade Bladewing is in the deck. Um, it's yeah, about a $2 it, card, but it comes with a friend, so.
0: Yeah, it's from Dominaria, uh, and it is a mythic, which is why it's a little bit more on the expensive side, but it's still around $2, so it's not that unreasonable. And it has kicker. If you cast it for its kicker cost of seven, you get two dragons that are four threes, I think.
1: They're both four fours, I thought. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good card, no matter what it.
1: Yeah, no, Varix is a four four and Carix is also a four four. Okay. But they're sweet. both flying four fours, and if, even if you cast Varix by herself, um she's still a four-four flyer for four, which is really good. And if you have Dragon Sword, you get to add like, you know, add to card draw. If you have Lathless, you get an extra dragon token. You know, it's just it's one of those things where when things if things come together for this deck, which I think they can, and they will, especially if you're doing things like Pulling everything out of your deck with Sarkhan, um, it could go. You could have a pretty explosive turn. So, yeah, um, I think that's just about everything. Uh, obviously, I like. I think one of the things is I. So I, I think last week was a little easier, and I think it's mostly because green in general is just better as a color for when it yeah, comes it, to mm-hmm. this type of format. So
0: it's also. Better in mono, I think, because it has more stuff.
1: Yeah, going for it. Well, okay, so I don't know, I don't know, know if shade that's, red. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but green, green has card draw, green has ramp, green has uh, big creatures, green has little creatures. The thing about it is that I think. Green is typically a little slower, but being in a multiplayer format means that it doesn't have to worry about that as much because the slower game is more important. Whereas red is super fast. Red can deal a lot of damage. Red has a lot of big creatures, but like it doesn't have any ramp and it doesn't have a lot of card draw. So I think red is really slated for being very fast in like a limited format. It's super powerful, um, but it's just not as powerful, unfortunately, in this format. So.
0: I think if if you were playing a game with these two the decks we just talked about the green one last week and this one probably be pretty evenly matched.
1: I think so too, mostly because um, kind of in the vein of maybe say the commander precons. Um, what we've done is kind of similar to what Wizards does is, which is yeah, you know we have a commander or a brawler in this case, um, and we know that there's a general theme that this one wants, but we're also going to throw in some other stuff. And like, if that, you know, if that fuels your fire, then maybe you should go in that direction or you could find some stuff to like bolster what you have right now. So I think we're kind of doing that same thing, um, which, you know, has its pluses and or has its pros and cons, but uh, I think it means that it makes these decks a lot easier to customize. So, Mm -hmm. and cheaper. Yeah.
0: We're kind (laughs) of doing this, similar thing to them where they throw in a couple chase rares and mythics yeah that up the power level a lot but aren't like the super expensive like karns of the format
1: (laughs) yeah um i mean obviously karn is very good he would fit into any of these decks because he's colorless and he he draws you cards so (laughs) um but yeah i mean uh i think this week was a little harder than last week um, but I think if you like red and if you're used to playing red, um, I think this is a deck that you can build pretty easily. It's also really easy to upgrade if you're willing to splurge a little bit right now, the additions that we have, and the list will be in the show notes. Um, if you want to take a look, but the additions we have add up to about 10 dollars, which means that, uh, in total, you'll probably be paying around 20 bucks to do this again. Mostly, you know, the planeswalker decks are between, you know, 10 and $13 15, or like fourteen dollars or so. So, like, you'll be somewhere between twenty dollars and twenty-five dollars um, if you follow this to the letter. But if you're willing to splurge a little bit, like, there are some real, like, there's a reason that red is really one of the best co- colors in standard right now, and it's because it has a lot of really ridiculous cards. And so, it's pretty easy to throw in your Goblin Chain Whirler, your Sarkon Fireblood, your Rekindling Phoenix, and just go to town.
0: You or know. even if you wanted to splash into older formats, your Hazarettes
1: or your Chandra's. Or... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing, too. It's like, it's one of those things, it's up to you. And like I was saying, I think come October, we'll have plenty more dragons. I think we'll have, this deck could potentially become very easy to upgrade when it comes to October. Because, like, I I haven't looked up the exact number. Let me do it right now, actually. I'm just curious. How
0: many dragons are in Ravnica? Yes. Like mono-red? Yes. I also think we'll get some good red, just spell-slingy stuff, probably.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, well, there are four mono-red dragons, but that does include Utvara Hellkite, which I think is kind of one of the best mono-red dragons they've ever printed. So, And it's kind of like... Lathless is like baby Utvara Helkai. Exactly. So I think I think that bodes well. Mostly because looking at this, there are two mono red dragons from each uh, block, each both Ravnica original block and Return to Ravnica. So I think that means that we might see another one or two um, in the next couple of blocks. And like you're saying, if we don't, the Ajet is one of the five guilds as well as Boros, and both of those are going to have some. Probably pretty sweet red cards that will help to bolster in attack strategy as well as if you're going for more of a burn strategy, that as well. Um, but yeah, so I think that's just about everything this week. Uh, we don't have the Ravnica recorder anymore for right now, we'll return later in the year, but unfortunately, right now we just we're coming up to the block that has the five that we already did, so um. Yeah.
0: I'm excited to revisit our predictions when that time comes.
1: Yes, um, but in the next couple of weeks, we're starting to get real close to rotation, so we'll probably end up talking about rotation a bit. Um, and we can also do another one of these decks. I think if we looked at like the blue one or even the white one, maybe not the black one, um, we might have a bit of an easier time building out kind of a precon for that. So, um, but, you know, also we I personally I would love to hear from you guys the listeners if you've built some of these decks if you have any suggestions or you have any um you know feedback about how these decks worked out or you know what your personal experiences were because you know it's part of this is Brawl's new format like we we're saying and like we have no idea what Wizards is going to do in the future to help support it they've talked about you know there's going to be a Brawl event at um the gp in
0: upcoming gp yeah
1: yeah so like they're obviously trying to push a little bit um to try to give us a little bit more but and it'd be cool that's
0: actually yeah. pretty cool because i think at that event um all entrants get in ataly's um playmat. so there's kind of an they're in, starting to incentivize people to play it yeah which is a good like i don't think you can just release this format into the wild and expect people to want to play it competitively you kind of have to give the incentives for doing it
1: yeah, and I mean one of the in- like I reading I was reading about it just cuz I was curious. Unfortunately, I don't know if either of us will be able to attend, but um it's it sounds interesting. They're going to have the four pod groups. They're going to everyone who plays in a pod get does get like some kind of points um that you can use towards prizes and then the person who wins obviously gets more points and then there's going to be kind of a brackety tournament kind of situation to kind of have the uh people who win a lot all play against each other it sounds like it's going to be pretty exciting and i'm i'm very excited to see mostly because we've never really had anything like that before like i don't think there's a lot of really competitive commander at gps and such yeah so those are
0: normally side events and this sounds like a super cool sanctioned multiplayer yeah um event which i hope there's some i hope it's well attended and there's coverage of it because i will be watching that for sure
1: yeah so we'll probably we'll probably end up talking about that too um but uh just you know if you hadn't heard look it up it looks cool so um but i think that's everything for this week um as per usual thank you to awkward bun for our cover art and aunt neely for our intro and outro music which is might, might as well whistle uh, which you can find on the free music archive
0: uh, and also thank you to volmer Sin for our twitter cover art
1: Yes, he did out of the kindness of his heart and it's dope Uh, uh, and then social information so you can find us on that twitter if you go to at alloutbrawlmtg and you can also email us at alloutbrawlmtg at gmail.com
0: and I think that does it for this episode so thanks everybody for listening and I have been Chris and I've been Sam and this has been All Out Brawl and I don't normally say that I was going to (laughs) say that it's what I love Totally the twitch in me telling everybody bye.